Yeah, hi, welcome back. We just finished recording the last episode. This is This Week in Crime, a true crime podcast about crimes that happened this week, but not this year. I'm Crystal. And I'm Coda. And Crystal just stole my intro. Yeah. Now I'm uncomfortable. It's fine. I'm I go first this time hate anyway. It. I hate it. You're fired. <coughs> my case this time is really short, but it's so good. Oh, well, mine is long, so good. Great. Well, we're going to introduce my first two-part episode, half because it's long, half because I got tired of taking notes and it was 11.30. Oh, so your notes aren't done? You don't know how this case ends? I do know how the case ends. Oh. Because the case is Jodi Arias, and everybody knows how that case ends. Oh, God. Did that happen this week? Her sentencing was this week. Mm. I feel like that's cheating, but okay, sure. Yeah, I know. It's fine. (laughs) I wanted to do a separate case, and I tried to find every goddamn loophole that I could for this case, because there's not even a death. It's just so petty, and I love it, but there's nothing to do with May. In that case, so I'm doing Jodi Arias. Yeah, fucking cheating, but sure. <coughs> I don't care. Anymore. Do you guys remember when Crystal was like, I'm so on brand, I'm so on brand, I'm so on brand. This this is coming out week 13, and Crystal's like, I just wanted to fucking do it. It was sentencing. Who cares that we agreed that big name cases have to be that week? Fucking next week I'm doing Bundy. <laughs> Come at me. We'll figure it out. I'm not that worried about it. I'm just being an asshole. Yeah. I feel like everybody's gonna be like, she's so mean. You're fucking right. <laughs> That's what my boyfriend says. We're very abrasive to each other. But my boyfriend definitely thinks we're just like terrible friends. <laughs> we're just really abusive to each other. Yeah. But that's also how me and Josh are, and he yeah. gets very butthurt about yes, that. Yes, that's how I act with Cody, and Cody's like, well, you just fucking hate me. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I, I really don't. <laughs> I just, this is just how I show my affection, and yeah. you don't get it. Crystal's love language is pain and anger. Yeah. I mean, Crystal's love language is, I, instead of <laughs> words of affirmation, it's like, words of i almost said deformation <laughs> that's different words of not affirmation words of negation negativation yes <laughs> so jody arius and travis alexander and travis was born on july 28th 1977 in riverside california 1977 yes i thought you said 97 i was like holy shit he's a baby no and then i was like wait 77 was a long time ago <laughs> yeah 77 God, he was old. His parents were both drug addicts, and he had an absent Ooh. mother, um, like, emotionally absent mother. And so, because his dad was, like, fucking ditched, and his mom was on drugs, he became, and he was the oldest kid, I think, he became the parental head of the household. And the mother was physically abusive to Travis, but I'd assume all of the other kids. And she spent all of her money on drugs, so there was basically no food in the house, and it was also terribly infested with roaches. He didn't have a support system from his parents, but that was filled by his grandparents. His grandparents became his support system, so when he was 10, he ran away to go live with them. Fuck the other kids, I guess. I mean, yeah. That's not, I mean, I hate to say it like that, but like, that's (laughs) not his responsibility. Yeah. He's literally 10. He has to look out for himself. I'm just curious if, like, the grandparents went in after Travis came to them and got the other kids out, or if they just, like, didn't. I don't Maybe. know. I don't know. I know when, like, when Because it, it is kind of their responsibility. When it was my mom, like, my mom never hit Tristy and definitely doesn't hit Dexter. She only hated me. Yeah. I don't know the fuck. I don't know what I did to her, but just, like, virtue of me being the oldest, she just fucking hated me. The His grandparents were very devout members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And... Travis was thriving in this new stable household that he had joined. I would not call Mormon stable, but sure. It's a lot more stable than roaches and meth. <laughs> Listen, I've met some Mormons. <laughs> um, 
he had joined wrestling in high school um, and he also saved money for a mission trip that he was going to take once he graduated from high school. And he graduated in 1995 and he was assigned to serve his mission in Denver, Colorado. I know that that shouldn't be old to me, but that's like very old to me. (laughs) And he returned in 1998 after a successful mission. And I don't know what a successful mission is, but it was successful. He, He made them all Mormons. Um... So he moved in, so after he came back home, he moved into a house with other single LDS men. So it was just a goddamn meat fest. It was a frat house. Yeah. No, it was a Jesus house. Listen, I've met Mormons and it was a frat house. <laughs> God, um, we're going to have so many offended Mormons. Oh, well. Welcome to our podcast. Um, he, while he was living in this sausage party, he looked for a wife. <laughs> he dated many women, but none of them seemed to be ready for marriage to him because they're all like in their early 20s i fucking wouldn't either um well that's how mormons are like you're supposed to get married like immediately yeah i can't relate he dated a girl named diana reed in 2000 who was also a member of the lds church and they the two of them while they were dating went on a mission to costa rica and returned in 2002 and got back together so So i don't broke up while they were going together they might not have been romantic because it was like a church thing oh i I don't know um he said that he wanted to marry her so he moved from california to mesa arizona for diana um and during that time while he was living either with or near her they became began having premarital sex which was strictly against their religion yeah that's a big no-no um and because of this, it made Diana feel really guilty. And so she said, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to dump you. And then they broke up. Um, so some say they broke up because they weren't ready to get married. But others say that um, Travis said that he felt like marrying Diana was just... So maybe she didn't dump him. They broke up. But some say that Travis felt that marrying Diana was settling because he didn't think that she was the prettiest girl he could get. That's not very Mormon of you. <laughs> um, he met Jody Arias in 2006, and he immediately just, like, thought she was beautiful. She's and, fine. Uh, yeah, she's fine. Jody was born on July 9th, 1980, in Salinas, California, and she was the oldest child of their family. And her babysitter described her as exceptionally aggressive. Aggressive? Yeah. As, as a child. I mean, um, that's probably how my babysitter would have described me. <laughs> Once, she hit her younger brother in the head with a baseball bat. Okay, maybe not that. And she became, or she couldn't be left alone with her brother after that. Obviously. Oh! <laughs> um, and she became abusive towards her mom when she became a teenager. Her mom? Yeah. And Jody said, but in her defense, Jody said that her parents were overly strict and oppressive, and they were the ones abusing her. Um, but she found an outlet in photography, but she also remained a rebellious teenager with a camera. And I mean, she listen, this might be not PC, but maybe Jodi Arias isn't the one to trust. <laughs> she, uh, smoked weed and, uh, had, like, very aggressive, frequent mood swings. And because of these mood swings, she was later diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. And I don't know if it's still PC to call it BPD, but that's what it was. Um, she was very moody because of the borderline personality. She was very moody and insecure and she was self-destructive and destructive to those around her. Have you listened to Dr. Phil's podcast? 
No, I didn't know you had one. I, oh, Dr. Phil's a podcast, and I just feel like it's right up your alley. <laughs> really? Yes. It's, um, a, it's like a kind of like a crime podcast. She ran away at 17 to be with her 20-year-old boyfriend, and her dad said that she had ran away after he had ground, grounded her for repeatedly ditching school. And it turned out that her boyfriend that she had ran away with was... Her and her boyfriend were very on again, off again. And during one of their off periods, she decided that she was going to date his roommate. Good. His roommate at the time was um, looking into Buddhism. And so Jody, Jody joined him and became a learning Buddhist with him. But they broke up after she caught him cheating. I'm not very Buddhist of you. Ironic, because she may or may depending on how you look at it may or may not have cheated on her boyfriend with a buddhist and then he cheated on her whatever um she moved to big sur california after that and she worked at a spa um and at the time she was 22 years old and her manager at the spa was 40 years old and she took an interest in her 40 year old manager she likes older men it's getting older exponentially me too um, he said that he was recently divorced and he had a three-year-old son and in 2002 they started dating after her manager had transferred jobs so she was no longer her direct superior so they could date. Um, Jody changed her appearance to look like his ex-wife to the point where she bleached her hair um, and after she learned that her his ex-wife got a boob job so did she. Yikes. Um, that is some yikes. And she also bought the same model car as him. Yuck. Yeah. That's fucking her weird. car as her. That's expensive and weird. <laughs> um, but a lot of people say, not a lot of people, but like the study of BPD say it's like to, it's their ultimate fear of abandonment. But also he divorced his wife, so I don't know why she'd want to look like his ex-wife. But whatever. He obviously wasn't attracted to her or he wouldn't have divorced her. Um, the couple together bought a house together in 2005 so they dated for a few years and she told him that she wanted to get married and she wanted to have kids but he had said hey i already did that and now i'm divorced and i don't want to do that again um so after she learned that they it like soured their relationship so they eventually ended up deciding to separate and the boyfriend made plans to move back um to where they had moved from and uh the following summer but Jody wanted to keep the house that they had recently bought, but she couldn't afford it working at a spa. <laughs> Go figure. But she had learned of a prepaid legal service, now known as Legal Shield, which was sold through a multi-level marketing structure. So she was an MLM representative, is what I'm saying. Great. Yeah. Take this fucking Herbalife so I can stay in my house. <laughs> Jody attended a weekend conference in Vegas, September of twenty or 2006, so that way she could learn, and I guess she was, like, an up-and-coming representative at this point. And Travis Alexander was also there. Travis was a PPL executive director, so, like, he was fucking big in all these little hive mind worshippers So he was, like, MLM. deep in the scheme. Yeah. He was making some money off of it. He was one of the 2% making yeah. money off of it. This just reminds me of the dream and, like, how that she had, like, the nervous breakdown at the conference because she was like, this is so evil. Did you hear that there's a class action lawsuit against one of those oil companies? They're essential oil companies? Yeah. Because when you say oil companies, I think, like, ExxonMobil. No. No, I didn't It's an MLM that. essential oil. They're getting a class action lawsuit. Because they don't work. Yeah. I heard somebody read over it, and they were like, if this actually gets proven true in court, they're going to be in some deep shit. I don't remember what it is. It's not doTERRA. It's something else. 
Um, but yeah, it's actually a second MLM is being taken to serious fucking court. It's great. Great. Um, Travis saw Jody, and he insisted that he was going to meet her that night at the mixer or whatnot. I don't know if it was called a mixer, but whatever. Um, his coworker had talked was talking to her, and like across the room, he like invited Travis over, and he was like, "Yeah, okay, sure." And he introduced himself to her, and they hung out all weekend. And he took her to a top earners banquet, so it was like only for top earners, and she was just a new associate. But he took her with her because she was very pretty. Um, she wore a nice dress, which fulfilled his fantasy of having marvelous arm candy. Listen, yuck. <laughs> She told him that she was separated from her ex-boyfriend, but they were still living in the same house because he hadn't moved yet, and he said that he still wanted to be together, so they exchanged their numbers at the end of the weekend and kept in contact almost every night after the trip to Vegas. That sounds like a little bit much. (laughs) They had made plans to meet up um, the weekend after they got home, and Travis had already planned to see his friends a few miles away from where Jody was living in California. So Jody decided, hey, I'm just going to drive to where your friends are at. But um, they were both, like, Travis and Travis's friends that he was staying with were all, like, heavily religious Mormons. And so to fulfill the, uh, the chastity law, I think it is, in their religion, they slept in separate rooms. Um, mm-hmm. And after... what? Listen, I'm <laughs> real respectful of everybody's religion, but if I went to go, like stay with you as a grown man and you were like no you can't sleep in my bed you have to sleep here i'd be like i'm just gonna sleep at my house (laughs) not when you have bpd and desperate for love listen i am desperate for love (laughs) um but after they had eaten dinner travis had sneakily whispered to jody that he would see her after the other two went to bed so travis like does not give a shit about the law of chastity um so that night after the others went to sleep he came over and he began to kiss her and performed oral sex on her that's not very Mormon of you. But she said later that she felt like it was too much too soon, but she also gave him oral sex, but, like, obviously not that much that soon. I mean, listen, I'm going to say that I think that I would so much, like, <coughs> I'm much more comfortable sucking a dick than I am being eaten out. I don't know. I feel like if you aren't comfortable with any sexual act, you're not going to continue to... Yeah, you're definitely not going to suck his dick if, you're, if it's too much too soon. Yeah. Um, they met again that Wednesday at coffee, and he told Jody that he wanted to consider her converting to his religion because he could only marry her if she was also a Mormon. Clearly, your religion is not that important to you at this point. Um, so, after, so they went from coffee, and they drove separately to a park because Travis was horny, and so she gave him oral sex again. Jesus Christ. But afterwards, he refused to kiss her because they said it was gross. Oh my god. Yeah. You know what? I'm starting to feel less and less bad for him. (laughs) Um, So they kept their long-distance relationship going, and they met a few weeks later, and Travis had said, according to the laws of chastity, they could do everything but vaginal sex, which I don't think that's how it works. Yeah, it's definitely not. (laughs) Listen, it's definitely... The poop hole is not a loophole. (laughs) That is not what God meant. He just didn't know you were going to get freaky with it. Um, but after he told her this, the couple spent the entire weekend in a motel. Having vaginal sex, probably. (laughs) And, um, they probably fucked around, but he also taught her all about his religion that he was abiding by so well. He was like, come here, I gotta tell you something. (laughs) (laughs) Two months after this, they had met again, and she was baptized into the Mormon religion, so she was full fucking Mormon now. Oh my god. And Travis performed the ceremony, and I don't know if that means he read a prayer or he dumped her in the fucking water, but he was there. He was a big part in it. 
no idea how you become a Mormon. I do know that my family used to be Mormon, <coughs> and my grandpa, my dad's mom, got kicked out for being an alcoholic. <laughs> and they were like, it's, it's alcohol or God. And he was like, okay, alcohol. <laughs> um, but after the ceremony where she was baptized in the Mormon faith, they went and had anal sex. Great. Um, in which she said it was painful. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. It's a pipe in your butthole. <laughs> but, um, some friends say that, like, I, I think it was Sky. Sky said a lot of this, said that that didn't happen at all. Jody was making up the fact that they had had sex. So, who knows? Sky said he was a good Mormon boy. <laughs> How dare you? Um, so, afterwards, the, after the baptism, they went back their separate ways. Travis went to Arizona. She stayed in California. Um, and they both got, like, really busy, and they were separated for, like, weeks after the ceremony. And by December 2006, her ex, the old guy, had moved out of the house, and Jody was kind of lonely while Travis was at home with his family during the holidays, and, she, like, her ex-boyfriend had moved out. She was by herself. Um, but she learned that the PPL MLM that she was with was having a like event in mesa arizona and jody decided that she was going to attend and told travis and she asked hey can i stay at your house and he went no there's literally no room for you i have my entire family in my house and my roommate's family in my house absolutely not um and also we're mormons yeah and we don't have enough bedrooms to separate each other with can't come over oh she couldn't shack up with grandma no um but she decided to go anyway and refused to book a hotel room what so she showed up to travis's door and was like hey i'm staying here because i don't have any other hotel room to be and i traveled all the way from california so here i am and so and his religion prohibits smacking a bitch <laughs> probably <coughs> unless it's on the ass with your peen yeah and the travis said that he got up in the middle of the night after jody had just like bomb rushed his house travis said this yeah like, this is Travis's account. That, like, he was up in the middle of the night, and he was still, like, kind of reeling by what Jody had done, just showing up and interrupting his time with his family during the holidays. And he walked down the stairs, because he wanted to go get some fucking water or something, and she was so... She looked ridiculously pitiful, sleeping on the floor under the Christmas tree, using her coat as a blanket. Yeah. Yeah. That's what she gets. And... She reminds me of my fucking mother-in-law. <laughs> He said that he later found out that, or he kind of realized that he felt ridiculously embarrassed by Jody in front of his entire family, while she also introduced herself to the family as his girlfriend, and he didn't feel comfortable with that. Yeah, I'm, I'll put my penis up your butt, but we're not dating. <laughs> she told, so Jody had told Travis's friends, Chris and Scott, you know, Sky and Chris, that she just felt ridiculously underappreciated by Travis because Travis was encouraging her to date other men's. It sounds like she doesn't know how to take a hint, but okay. Um, but his friend told Travis that he should give Jody another chance. He didn't want to go out with her anymore, and his friends were like, no, I think she's great, you should try again. Could you fucking imagine the guilt that yeah. you would have to live with? Um, and he accused the, his friends of meddling in his relationship, but she just continued to encourage that he should look into marrying her what I, I don't know i know you don't love her but listen just hear me out what if you married her and that make it better in april travis and jody spent time at his friends sky and chris's house so maybe they weren't his roommates those were just friends i don't know who his roommates were actually they were men they were the lds men i think 
But they spent time at Sky and Chris's house, and they noticed odd behavior. Sky and Chris noticed odd behavior of uh, Jody, where she was just like ridiculously devastated when Travis wasn't in the room with her. And every time she left, she would keep asking, like, "Where's Travis? Where did where did he go? When's he coming back? What's he doing?" And when he would come back from the kitchen to the living room, she would just act like her fucking husband had come home from war. She was so relieved, and she was just being really dramatic. That reminds me of my fucking grandma. I literally, like, I it got to the point where I had pee <coughs> anxiety at her house. Because she would be like, like, I'd stand up from the couch, she'd be like, where are you going? What are you doing? Like, woman, I have to pee. Like, I'm pretty sure she was hiding dead people in the closet now that I think about it. <laughs> like, I wasn't allowed to go pee, or if I went and got a drink of water, she'd be, like, right behind me, like, what are you doing? Who said you could have water? Yeah. God. God said I could have water. I don't know. So maybe the friends that were encouraging him to marry her weren't Skye and Chris. It was the LDS men, which makes more sense. Yeah. Regardless. Um, she was constantly giving him, like, oh, like, so, too much affection. Like, ridiculous amount of affection. Can't relate. <laughs> um, but Travis disregarded this when, and he insisted that there was something, Travis disregarded this, but his friends kept insisting that something was just off with Jody. And during this, so they were, like, upstairs in, like, a different bedroom, and Jody's freaking the fuck out because he wasn't with her, and they were talking to him about how, like, she was acting kind of weird. They had found out that Jody was just fucking eavesdropping on their conversation because they heard her, like, mm, skittering around in the hallway because she's not very discreet. Um, and when they found out that she was, like, listening to them, Jody came in and she was like, were you going to tell Travis not to date me anymore? And Sky was like, no, I already did. And then Jody got, like, pissed and stormed off to her room. Her room? Yeah. Because she was staying there with Travis and Sky and Chris. What about his whole, uh, her whole ass house? They're in Arizona. She lives in California. Oh, I thought Sky lived in... I'm confused. I think Sky and Chris live in Mesa, okay. Arizona, with Travis, and Travis lives in Mesa, and um, Jody lives in California, which isn't that far from Arizona. Like it's a road trip, but it's not that long. Um, but after this, Sky and Chris kicked her out. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah. So Travis and Jody traveled to their little MLM conference that spring. Um, and she said that he had acted differently with her in front of his coworkers. She said that she was very jealous of, like, basically every woman that he interacted with. And the night of, like, a big mixer ball that they had, uh, one of Travis's old female friends came up to Travis, completely fucking drunk, in probably busted-ass high heels, stumbled onto Travis, and he caught her, like, by the waist and helped her stand up and, like, go on her way to, like, the bar. Um, but after this, Jody just, like, freaked the fuck out and spent hours in the bathroom crying. So Yeah, the, that sounds about right. <laughs> the next day in the hospital, Jody confronted the woman that stumbled into Travis. Why were they in the hospital? In, in the, I meant to say bathroom. Oh, okay. <laughs> confronted her in the bathroom. No, they they were in a hotel. I oh, think that's okay. what I meant to say. They, can, they were in a hotel, and I guess they, like, ran into each other in the bathroom. And she <clears throat> basically cornered her in the bathroom, telling her, well, we're a couple now we're together now it's fine we're a thing now and she was like yeah okay i didn't say you weren't until like one of that girl's friends came in and like basically was like hey you should come out here and she was like yeah okay great jody was like courting her in the fucking bathroom yikes women are fucking scary yeah so the couple had made many trips that spring um they were just like traveling like they went to niagara falls in the rock and roll hall of fame and many sites that were deemed to be lds holy sites what? I don't know. I, 
these are separate places and not the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's not an LDS holy site, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they're separate places. Okay. <laughs> the way you said, you were like Niagara Falls and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and other LDS holy sites. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, on a PPL trip that they had, they had ended up sharing a hotel room and he was openly affectionate with her um, on that trip around his co-workers and Jody had told a neighbor, I don't know if it's her neighbor or Travis's neighbor, but like a neighbor, I think it was Travis's neighbor, that she felt like they were just heading for marriage. And the neighbor said, that's weird because Travis said he wants to break up with you. <laughs> but I don't know if he told that to Jody or just like told that to like the reporter. Um, Travis had told the neighbor that he knew that he had to break up with her because it was unfair that he kept, like, dating her when she was so invested and he just wasn't. Um, so, I guess he told Jody because Jody ended up finding out. And because she found out that Travis wanted to break up with her, she was like, yeah, okay. Uh, and dumped him in late June of 2007. And this is said to be caused by the BPD because... Um, it was one thing where she thought that leaving him would make her gain control over the situation and make her, make him want her because she was playing hard to get again. Well, it didn't work because... Okay, this girl has not been playing hard to get the entire time. Yeah. (laughs) They took a trip in June together and they got home and they separated and she called him and told him that she looked through his phone and accused him of cheating because he was talking to women. He wasn't cheating necessarily. He was just having conversations with women. Um, and she accused him of cheating and said that they weren't ready for a relationship, and he agreed. And she was like, wait, no, that's not what I meant. But they decided that they were going to stay friends, but they weren't going to be So romantic. she was like, I'm breaking up with you. And he was like, yeah, okay. Great. Yeah. Um, but they continued having, like, many late night calls and just kept having phone sex, obviously, because that's what you do. I, listen, I don't even like phone sex, and my boyfriend and I are, like, together. <laughs> Um, but after they broke up, Travis started dating a 19-year-old Lisa Andrews. Yuck. Which is decently younger than Travis, I think, at this point. In yeah. July, and she went to Arizona State University. And two weeks after the breakup, Jody had decided, well, I'm going to move to Mesa, Arizona. <laughs> um, and she told everybody that Travis was very excited that she was moving to Mesa. Um, but Travis told everybody that he was ridiculously dreading the fact that she was moving to Mesa. He was like, please, God, no. I thought we were breaking up. Yeah. Um, but Jody had said, that, like, yeah, it's great. You're going to move to Mesa and we can hang out more and we can work things out. And Travis was like, no, I actually don't want to work things out with you at all. Um, Jody rented a room. Travis was like, we did work things out. We <coughs> broke up. Yeah. Jody rented a room that was only four miles away from Travis um and when she she said that when she was like down on her luck and she was broke Travis would offer her $200 a month to clean his house twice a week but some accounts say that Jody just invited herself over to clean so that way she could spend more time with Travis and then charged him $200 (laughs) yeah I imagine she didn't even clean she just put like dirty dishes (laughs) in the cabinets that still like barbecue sauce smeared on them and like just closed the toilet seat was like look it's clean $200 please I know Travis doesn't Travis looks like the average white dad but I keep imagining him with like a piece of hay out of his mouth and a cowboy hat because his name was fucking Travis (laughs) and so I just imagine him like enjoying some ribs and being like okay Jody here with a nasty ass bone barbecue plate (laughs) and his cowboy hat Picking beef out of it, not beef, pork out of his teeth with a piece of hay. Um, 
Travis and Jody became friends with benefits. Um, that is very not Mormon. <laughs> but he continued because he became he wanted to fuck Jody only because Lisa was very dedicated to the rule of chastity. She was abiding by her religion, and he didn't like it. But friends with benefits while he was secretly friends with benefits, and he was still dating Lisa. But at this point, they broke all their fucking rules and had vaginal sex. Oh my god! So like, what's the point anymore? <laughs> I don't know. So Travis felt like he was betraying his faith. You know, yeah. Um, uh, he, so after that, he tried to distance himself away from Jody, but he said that if he didn't text her for long enough, that she would text him and just send him like nudes and explicit messages. And this boy has no willpower. Um, and Jody was mad that he continued to date Lisa. I mean, yeah. (laughs) But when Travis was away, a friend went to check on his dog. So Travis went on a, a trip. And so one of Travis's friends came to check on his dog and he found out that Jody was already inside baking cookies. What? <laughs> but also, if these people are, like, living to get... First off, this case is... Your case is literally lo- almost longer than our entire episode. Yeah, I know. Last week. Um, <laughs> slash ten minutes ago when we recorded. But, uh... If... What? If he was going on a trip, and she always went on trips with him, like, for their business. First off, how was the multi-level marketing scheme paying for all of these trips? They don't. The, they remember in the dream they pay for themselves yeah but like that's my question is like how is he affording this I've, like he must have insane amounts of credit card debt or be rich as fuck off this fucking he mother. was an executive in the mlm so yeah so and she's like basically just living off him at this point and probably like a little bit of money from like well no because she wasn't married to the last guy no and is that an email from josh no that is a twitter notification yeah, I don't know. I'd assume he was getting some of his money from church, but I, I don't know. When Travis... Okay, so Travis was baking cookies in the house. No. And Travis had no fucking idea Jody that she was, was in... Jody was baking yeah. cookies in the house. Jody was baking cookies, and Travis had literally no idea that she was in his house baking cookies. Um, Once him and Lisa fell asleep while watching a movie upstairs in, I, I guess, their bedroom. I, I don't know the house that he's living in, but they fell asleep upstairs watching a movie. And he woke up when his dog downstairs just, like, was ridiculously barking. So he went downstairs to find out what was happening. And Jody was just in the kitchen. If they're in the same bedroom together, that is not the law of chastity, <laughs> as it has been explained to me. Um, but she had said that when she saw the two of them in the second floor, sleeping in the same room. I don't know if it was a bed. And fell, falling asleep together in front of a movie. She was like, yeah, I'm gonna break in. I'm gonna wake him up, because that's not allowed. He's my boy. Oh. But, like, from the second floor... <laughs> I don't... I, I, that bitch has binoculars. <laughs> I don't know. Um, a few months later, Travis's tires were somehow slashed in his driveway. And so he... I don't know if he called her or she called him, but she found out and immediately rushed over to his house to take him to the mechanics, get him all four new tires. And he With was... With her multi-level marketing scheme money. Yes. And then she ended up following home in her... Following him home in her own car... But when he took the exit for Lisa's house, Jody called Travis and was like, hey, you're going the wrong way. And he just hung up on her. And that night, his tires somehow ended up slashed again. I mean, listen, at that point, he deserved it. It said that Jody, it it was said that Jody was interfering with their relationship a lot. Yeah. Yeah. She (laughs) was always hanging around his house and she was constantly calling him and texting him if he were like on an outing or a date with Lisa. 
Um, so after all of this, one of Travis's roommates told Lisa that he was secretly still sleeping with Jody. So probably this entire time he's like, I just have a crazy ex-girlfriend. I'm trying to get rid of her. And then she finds out that I, I'm still fucking my crazy ex-girlfriend. So she does what any smart woman would do and breaks up with him. Yeah. Yep. Uh, they broke up with, she broke up with him in February of 2008. But even after that, Travis didn't go back to Jody. Yeah, no shit. Um, he started dating a girl named Marie in March, so he bounces back fast. He never takes more than, like, a month to get a new girlfriend, and I don't know what's happening, but none of them are lasting, and I think you should take that as a sign. Um, Jody moved back to California because she said that she just couldn't afford living in Mesa, so her MLM money ran out. Um, and she moved in with her grandparents. I was about to say, how could she afford to live in California? California is expensive. <laughs> with her granddaddy's money. Um... And she said to them that she thought that she maybe should just give up trying to be with Travis after she had been set aside twice for two different women. And she might be getting it. But they resumed their sexual conversation after a few months apart, but he also st- still continued to date that other girl. What did I say her name was? Marie. Marie. Her nickname was Mimi, so I read it, not Mimi. Still continued to date Marie. Um, and he invited Marie to a trip to Cancun that summer. And I don't know if it was a vacation or a mission trip, but I think with how broke he probably was, probably a mission trip. Um, Ma- Marie broke up with him in May, but she off- and she offered to let him take like somebody else to the trip. She was like, it's cool. We're not dating anymore. You don't have to take me to Cancun. He went, no, it's fine. I'll take you. Um, so he agreed to still continue, still take her to Cancun. So homeboy just like does not have boundaries. No. Um, and Jody discovered that he was taking Marie to the trip to Cancun. And this was when she revealed to Travis that Jody had recorded an hour long phone sex conversation that they had had. And she wanted to try and, she said that she was going to try and blackmail him with it by releasing it to the church, which would immediately get him kicked out of the church. Um, and I assume that the church is paying for everything that he's fucking doing because the MLM is not. Yeah, so, like, heading back to our first story, <coughs> like, your first ever story with Denise Luthold, where they were, he was like, how dare you <laughs> die, and now I can't go on my mission trip. Yeah. And now the church won't give me all the money. Um, so I don't know what happened to that. I guess he, com- he no, their conversation where she tried to blackmail him ended sourly, but I don't know if it was ever released. I mean, yeah, I fucking bet um on june 1st 2008 jody had planned to see had made plans to see a friend in pasadena california and also west jordan utah and she had rented a car to make the trip and she had asked her ex that old manager dude that she dated um if she could borrow a couple of five gallon gas cans for the trip so that way she could save time and not have to like go to a gas station she just wanted to fill it up fill up with gas and she could spend all of her time like on the highway or whatever and she wouldn't have to stop um, and on her way to Pasadena, California, she had bought a third gas can, um, and some say that she bought brown hair dye, but it wasn't on the Walmart receipt with a gallon gas can, um, but that night when she ended up in Pasadena with her friend, she, her, her hair was dyed, so maybe her friend just had some brown hair dye, or maybe she picked it up in cash, I don't know. And the next day, she filled up her gas cans and her gas tank. She called her friend in Utah, saying that she was getting ready to drive the next day. Um, and then she hung up with her friend in Utah, took the battery out of her cell phone, and put it in her glove compartment, and drove through the night to Mesa, Arizona, backed her car into Travis's driveway, removed her license plate with, like, a screwdriver, 
and took her overnight bag and snuck into Travis's bedroom. So, listen, I have literally never heard any of this. Really? Yeah. Like, I vaguely knew the case, <coughs> and I have seen the crime scene photos. So, like, I know what happens. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. I know what happens. But I didn't know. At first off, I thought they were just, like, dating. And then he was like, nah I want to fuck other bitches. And she was like, nah <laughs> But I didn't know any of this. This is all a trip. Yeah, it's wild. But that's where I'm going to end my case, because it's a great cliffhanger. No license plate uh, creeped into Travis's house in Mesa on their way to Utah. Great. <laughs> Listen, we have all learned throughout the course of this podcast that I'm terrible at geography, but if she was going from California to Utah, I feel like she wouldn't have had to go through Arizona. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't. Yeah, she could have just gone through Nevada and mm-hmm. done been there. Yeah. I know all the states <laughs> over there. That That's, like, the crux is, like, why were you in Mesa? It's not even on the way to Utah. Like, when they get into the investigation, she went, I wasn't. And they're like, but you were. And she's like, no. So. That was fun. Yeah. That was really long. I'm almost done with my my <laughs> stitching. Yeah. I just got to do that three more times, and then that's it. This project's done, so. This is her case, not 40 minutes like mine. Yeah, this is my very short case to balance out Crystal's incredibly long case. Yeah. Um, mine is the case of Stella Nickel. You ever heard of her? No. You actually, I know that you have heard of this case because it was either on Moms and Murder or Morbid. And I heard it and I was like, that's bonkers. They had to, like, let me go search this. So I did use sources that weren't them, so don't get on me for fucking copyright infringement or whatever the fuck. I don't even know if Morbid is high enough to be copyrighted. No offense. I don't care. I don't think we're copyrighted either. We're definitely not. You can copy us all day long. Yeah, go ahead. I don't know why listen, you Listen, I feel to. like it's like, listen, I copy Wikipedia because I donate. So if you donate to us, send us money through PayPal and we'll let you can copy anything you want. <laughs> Two dollars. That's what I donate. Or I think I donated five dollars to Wikipedia. I didn't donate shit, and I used that all through high school until the school Wi-Fi blocked it. Um. So my sources are the History Channel, People Magazine, and Wikipedia. I want to be the kind that's gonna watch like three forty-eight hour episodes on a single case. Yeah, I can't do that. Me I don't know either. how they have the time for that. So mine is the case of Stella Nickel. She was born Stella Maudine Stevenson. I was morbid because I can hear it in morbid's like host voice. Oh yeah, Stella. Yeah. Stella. Um, which I, last week I did, uh, last week slash 20 minutes ago, I did, <laughs> th- what was her name? It was like Sarah Stevens or something like that. <laughs> Stephanie Stevens. And this time it's Stella Stevenson. <laughs> so I have a type. Uh, she was born in Colton, Oregon on August 7th, 1943. She grew up like pretty poor, which like who didn't? <laughs> and at age 16, she got pregnant with her daughter, Cynthia. And then she got married and maybe had another daughter. This wasn't really clear because people say, like, oh, yeah, and then she had this daughter. But then she's never mentioned again. So she got married and had a daughter. And then they all four moved to Southern California. And then she just started committing crimes. In 1968, she was convicted of fraud. In 1969, she was convicted for beating Cynthia, who was almost 10. Convicted? Convicted? Convicted. Convicted for beating uh she was convicted for beating cynthia who was almost 10 and then in 1971 she was convicted of forgery and she was just like known for being a bar rat and also known for being broke so like me in 1974 she met bruce nickel um and he was a heavy equipment operator and he was just they said that he was a hard man and a hard drinker and stella was like sign me right the fuck up that's what they say about Cody's dad, but Cody's dad is a soft man with a beer gut. 
<laughs> and a beard. Maybe they just mean hard belly. No, hard calves. <laughs> His entire family has giant calves. I don't fucking get it. He's just a physically hard man. Like, you poke him, and there's no give. It's like Josh's belly. <laughs> he lived in a trailer, and he was like, hey, Stella, why don't you and Cynthia come live with me? And I know what you're thinking. She had a second daughter. Where the fuck is her second daughter? I have no godly idea. In the trash somewhere. I don't fucking know. Probably with her ex-husband. But like like I said, she's never mentioned again. So maybe I misunderstood and she only had one daughter. Maybe. That's pretty likely. We under- me, we misunderstand a lot of cases that we do. Pro- yeah. Maybe even like 24 of them. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. as many cases as we've done. I was like, how many cases do we have? 24. <laughs> well, after this, it'll be 26. This is episode 13. Uh, 25 of them. And I only know that because I label all mine now by weeks. Because that way, when Crystal's like, this is episode 58. <laughs> and I'm like, hold on, I don't think that's right, but I have to look. Yeah. I'm I'm the tech person behind all of this. So if, like, a podcast doesn't get uploaded on time, like, two weeks ago, I'm why. Yeah. But I'm, also, I'm not taking blame for that. It was SoundCloud that, like, I mean, shit itself. It was, I just woke up and, like, I don't want I don't ever want to come off as, like, rude. Yeah. But I woke up and I was like, why the fuck isn't the episode up? Did Crystal quit? <laughs> Because that's my biggest fear is that one day Crystal is going to be like, no, I'm not interested. And I'll be like, well, what the fuck? I can't do this by myself. I'm not interesting enough. They can't see my arms, but they're going wild. Yeah. But so, like, the episode wasn't up, and I was, like, on my way to work. And, and was I was already at work. Like 8 I, o'clock in the 7 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, I had just gotten to work. And I texted her, and I was like, hey, why the fuck isn't the episode up? But I said it nicely. Yeah. And she was like, I put it up. And I was like, no, you didn't. And so eventually we found out that Spotify or SoundCloud was just like, no, I don't like your title. Yeah. Put it in again and then it'll be fine. What I did, what I've done twice now is I've uploaded the, the episode or started uploaded and then I pressed enter before I was done doing the bio, but also I can't cancel and upload until it's uploaded. So I have to wait until it's uploaded and delete it. So I did that. Um, is that Cody pounding on the door? Was that right? Oh, you guys are recording. Yes, actively. Well, fuck, I didn't know. Okay, so my bot stopped upload. I had uploaded the the entire episode on accident and then i had started uploading the um the second one that had the full description and the tags and all the other stuff but i think it was because the the first one that wasn't scheduled to be released at one in the morning was already posted and i immediately got on my phone on the soundcloud and deleted it because it wasn't supposed to be up yet that me deleting the first copy of the episode fucked up the second copy of the episode so spot soundcloud was like 95 percent done and so I had to get home, cancel the upload, or, like, close out the browser, which would cancel the episode, and re-upload it, and it literally took, like, five minutes. Yeah, but it came out, like... It came out, like, four. Yeah, something crazy, like, 13 hours late. Yeah. And so it's actually our lowest performing episode right now. Really? Yeah, and I don't know. I'm a little butthurt about it, because, like, our first episode is ass garbage. Yeah. And it's performing less than that. But our most popular episode is the one where you went into the gory details of the fetal abduction. So, like, I think that's what the people want. Yeah, gore? Yeah, the people want... That's what I want, too. I don't know. (laughs) I just feel bad when I do really gory cases, because I'm like, I'm exploiting their torture for attention. Uh, Yeah, but I I think that's what makes it interesting, and if... I don't know. We're raising awareness, so that's what I'm going to say. Yeah, sure. I don't know. I don't know. I I haven't quite found my line yet, but I'm sure that once I find it, I'll be like, oh, I don't like that. I have a very uh, long line of... I'm willing to go very far. Yeah, Crystal's line is very far back. It's a very fuzzy line. I might not even have one. Crystal's line's like the horizon. <laughs> like, she always thinks it's there, and it's like somewhere on the distance, but... I haven't found it yet. She's never gonna reach it. <laughs> um, 
Um, so, back to my case. Um, Stella and Cynthia moved in with... That's how we got to that giant ramble we just went on with that. Stella and Cynthia moved into Bruce's trailer. And Cynthia was, like, little at this point, but, like, not super little. I think she was, like, 15, maybe. So, I guess not really little. Um, and the two were married in 76. And then afterwards, like, pretty soon afterwards, Bruce kind of sobered up. The alcohol was kind of doing a number on him. And so, Stella had big dreams. She wanted to be rich and own a tropical fish store. <laughs> so, after Bruce got out of rehab, Stella, like, also wasn't drinking as much. So instead, she just put her full-time energy into being a security screener at Tacoma Airport. So she was the the NSA. <laughs> Great. Great. She gave you a pat job. Yeah. A pat job? Yeah. Pat That's, down? Yeah, but that we called it a pat job at the airport on the way to Germany because it was funny. Because, oh. like, the Germans were, like, mumbling to themselves, but it just sounded like literally nothing. I'm sorry that I wasn't a part of your cool German crew. Because <laughs> we went to different high schools and I can't speak a foreign language. Yeah. Um, so she was just, like, picking up a shitload of extra shifts and, like, working late and going in early because she really wanted, a, like, a nice tropical fish hobby. So she had a bunch of tropical fish and she just fucking loved them. Um. The end. The end. <laughs> Her crime was stealing tropical fish. Yeah. Uh, the couple was living in Auburn, Washington with Cynthia. And on June 5th, 1986, which is the year my parents were born, so, like, this is wild to me that it was so long ago and also not that long ago that she was able to do this. Yeah. Um, Bruce came home and he was like, I have a headache. So he took four extra things extra. Oh, what? Hold on. So he took four extra strength Excedrin and collapsed minutes later, which is not what's supposed to happen when you take Excedrin. You're not supposed to take four. It's true. Your own fault. The fucking crackhead at my work that wants to buy Adderall off me. Like my mouth was killing me today because I have a fucked up tooth. Still? Yeah, it's, they want to pull it, but it's right in the front of my face, so they did, like, a root canal, and they were like, we cannot get there, like, your tooth is too fucked up, we're gonna pull it, and I was like, the fuck you are. You can get a veneer in it. Yeah, but I don't want, like, for, I couldn't afford the implant, because my insurance doesn't cover it, and I didn't <laughs> want a bridge, so I was like, you're gonna leave it right the fuck where it is. You also don't have insurance anymore. True. I used to have insurance, when I got all my dental work done, thank God. But they, so they slapped, like, a temporary filling on it. But every couple of months, it just really fucking gets me, and it hurts so, it, like, when I'm stressed out, my blood pressure's high. Mm. Like, it puts too much blood to that damaged nerve, and the nerve's like, are you fucking shitting me? I cannot work under these conditions. I think all my teeth, since, like, I've had my fillings and my back molars have, like, something, something weird to where my fillings have, like, a small enough gap, where if I, like, chew on a Snickers too long, it, like, gets in there and really hurts, so I have to yeah. be careful in the food, because it's not a cavity. I went to the dentist a little while ago, and he was like, yeah, it's fine, and they filled the one cavity that I had, um, but it just hurts if I eat, like, Reese's Cups or chewy, yeah. chewy chocolate. I have my front two teeth, the ones that are actually white, are caps, and the other day I found the pain of getting that little thing from the inside of a popcorn kernel inside my cap. And I was, like, in tears. I was, like, it hurts so bad and I can't get it out. Yeah. I was really worried that I was just going to pop my whole cap off. <laughs> That's what I was afraid of, is, like, one day I'm going to be flossing weird or I'm going to, like, go to pick something out of my teeth and I'm just going to pull the filling out. And I know it's harder than it sounds. Yeah. But well, like, literally, the only thing that's holding this cap on is, like, a little bit of fixident. <laughs> a, a dentist is going to come correct me. But it's it's terrifying. And, like, there's just a little tiny bit of a gap. Because, like, they can put different caps on. So, like, mm -hmm. they can, it can come off. And that's what's terrifying, <laughs> is that it can come off. <laughs> so, he was rushed to Harborview Medical Center, and he fucking died. And doctors said that he died from emphysema, which is also known as chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, which is also known as COPD. 
Okay. Because I read both those, and I was like, what? And then they were like, COPD, and I was well, like, I oh, okay. emphysema of, like, do you want to be part of this class action lawsuit <laughs> for emphysema? Like, you see on commercials literally all the time. <laughs> but uh, Stella said, well, how did he die of emphysema if he doesn't fucking have emphysema? <laughs> and they were like, that doesn't sound like any of our business. He died of cancer. When do you have cancer? <laughs> now. <laughs> But, like, it's a chronic illness. So, like, he, if he had emphysema, somebody would have fucking noticed. Right. But she was like, he didn't have that. And they were like, well, he does now. <laughs> and she was like, that's not how this works. He did five minutes before he died. <laughs> um, But at this point, like, Cynthia was grown, but was living with her mom while, her, while Cynthia was going through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And she said Bruce was kind of having trouble holding down employment, but he had two life insurance policies on him. One, which Stella took out for him in 85. I Keep don't know how you get more than one life insurance policy. Different companies. Yeah, but I feel like that should be against the law. I mean, no, because you're just paying them money. Like, my <laughs> father-in-law has two. One through his work, that's for, like, a little bit of money, and then a different one. But they both pay out to his oldest son. Because when he divorced my mother-in-law, he really thought she was going to murder him. I but think my dad has his will written now. That's kind of sad. Yeah. He wrote it when he was, like, 30. <laughs> I wish my dad would have a will, because, like, he just never goes to the doctor, and he's so stressed <laughs> out all the time that I'm, he's going to collapse one day, and my mom's going to take everything. Yeah, she's going to say it's for Dexter, but it's not. Yeah, no. But I also don't want to look at him when he's, like, literally 32. And be like, so have you thought about dying? <laughs> have you thought about who's <laughs> going to get all of your savings account that I didn't know you had until now? He doesn't have a savings account. He just has a shitload of money in checking. That's terrible. I know. It stresses me. Because he was, like, counseling me on, like, how to be, have good finances. <laughs> That's like, not it. Don't take out any credit cards. Don't take out any school loans. Basically, don't do anything that I do. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, right. Um, but that one that she took out for him in 85 was worth 40000 And then he had one through his work that was worth 31000 but offered an extra 105000 if he the death was accidental. So, basically, she was getting $71,000 because he died from emphysema, which is not an accident. Shucks. And she's pissed. Yeah. And then Sue Snow, an assistant vice president at Puget Sound National Bank. Um, I'm going to tell you about her. She she was an assistant vice president at Puget Sound National Bank. Um, So Sue Snow got married young and dropped out of high school, and she had two children that were both girls. And she had three husbands and two divorces. But she was like, you know what? I'm tired of depending on a man. (laughs) So, I'm going to go get me a man that I actually love, and she married a truck driver named Paul Webking, and then she was like, okay, and I'm going to go get myself a nice-ass job. I thought you were going to say Webkins. No, No. (laughs) I don't need no man. I married the Leopard Exclusive Edition Webkins from 2002. (laughs) Uh, So, on June 11th, 1986, Sue was up around 6 in the morning. She said, everybody said that she took two Excedrin for the caffeine boost. But, like, bitch, drink a coffee. <laughs> yeah. Or, or Coke. A, yeah, or a monster that has, like, 350 milligrams. Yeah. Or fucking, what, the Bang? Monster Bangs only are, has, like, 100. It's Bang that has, like, 300 and will kill you. Oh, yeah. But they also taste ridiculous. Oh, Josh loves them. I don't like them. Um, I feel like they taste extreme. Like, <laughs> it's like, bad. Like, a fucking white boy that's just like, it's extreme! That's what it tastes like. Me and Cody got something that was, like, dragon energy or something from the fucking flea market in, in town. Oh, my God. It was bad. The flea market in town. Yeah, it was three for a dollar. He's like, I like energy drinks great, and I have two dollars. I fucking bet. Um, 
So she took two Excedrin for the caffeine boost and began getting ready. And then minutes later, her her 15-year-old daughter named Haley found her collapsed on the floor. She was taken to the same <coughs> hospital as homeboy. Um, what was his name? Bruce. Brucey? Yeah, Brucey. And um, they were doing her autopsy because they were like, why the fuck did she die? She was fine, which they did not do for Bruce. And when they cut her open, they were like, why does she smell like almonds? <laughs> God. And it was because she had cyanide poisoning. So the insides of her smelled like almonds. Apparently. That's ridiculous. Apparently it was just a wild shitload of cyanide. I feel like the inside of you smells really strong. <laughs> Apparently not stronger <laughs> than almonds. God. You know, only 50% of the population can smell almonds from cyanide. Yeah, but apparently this lady could. Was part of that 50%. And it smelled very strongly <laughs> like almonds. Maybe the 50% is also immune from the smell of intestines. Maybe. <laughs> she's just a, like the the middle of the Venn diagram like can't smell intestines <laughs> can't smell almonds yeah <laughs> uh so the fda determined like they launched a full-scale invest investigation they were like why does she smell like almonds this is weird get everybody in on this call the fda yeah and the fda was like it was from the excedrin and the manu the manufacturer bristol myers like handled this very well like it said that like they are the model now for other drug companies when they have a recall they stopped production uh offered to buy back all the bottles had a three hundred thousand dollar reward offered by the drug company Mm -hmm. so they found one bottle in a local in a local grocery store that was also had cyanide in it and then they contacted stella who was like oh yeah you better bet fucking bruce took some excedrin here take these two bottles that I bought at different locations that are both contaminated. Yeah. Um, and then a fifth bottle of cyanide lace pills were found, but they were off-brand. They weren't Excedrin brand. And um, so all of the five bottles had uh, contained, like, the pills that were laced with cyanide, but they also had, like, little green crystals in them. Like, flavor crystals. And they were like, what the fuck is this? So then they got, like, a scientist in on it, and they were like, this is algae killer. So they went to, like, apparently, like, the one fish store in town. Yeah. And they were like, hey, hey do you uh, sell algae killer? I remember this case. And he was like, yeah. And, but only one lady's ever bought it, <laughs> apparently. And so they tracked it back to Stella. That sounds like me when I went to get my beta fish. Because everything, um, everybody I watched online said that, like, you should go to the pet store and ask for some live bacteria, and they'll know what you mean. So I went to the pet store and was like, hey, you got live bacteria? And they went, huh? <laughs> so they didn't know what I meant, and I didn't get any. <laughs> So, investigators looked at Stella, and they were like, hmm, you have a shitload of aquariums, and also you're the only person that bought this algae killer, apparently. And so, the it, they said that basically she was just a nasty bitch. The algae killer worked best when it was crushed up, so she, like, crushed it in a container. I'm guessing, like, a mortar and pestle type thing, but it was probably, like, a spoon in a bowl. You never know. Maybe she made guac on the side. Maybe. And then she was like, okay, I fed my fish, and now the algaes are dead. Now I'm going to crush up this cyanide. But I'm not going to reuse this bowl until I wash it because I don't want my fish to die. Husband, yes. Fish, no. So Stella's daughter came forward and was like, hey, Stella's been talking about killing Bruce for years. And had checked out books on poisoning at the library. Yeah. And one of them was literally called, like, human poisoning. Sure. It's, like, really good. And it said Cindy testified against her mother at trial, but I'm pretty sure they meant Cynthia. Yeah, probably Cynthia. Um, and, uh, um, 
Cynthia said that her mom said that Bruce was a bore and too boring and he didn't drink anymore. So he just had to go. And on May 9th, 1998, which is the day this case, the, the date that happens this week, also my birthday. Is it this week? It's next week. Right. Yeah. So this week, but next week. Yeah. But I thought it was the week after next week. No. Um, she was found guilty of product tampering. Not of murder. Of product tampering. And sentenced to 90 years. And so, the FDA now requires anti-tamper measures such as taped boxes, blister packs, and bottle mouth seal covers. So, Stella was inspired by the 1982 Chicago Tylenol murders. Which is what Crystal is thinking of and has been mentioning this entire time. Yeah. Um, seven people died from taking Tylenol brand acetaminophen, which had been laced with potassium cyanide. Also, I didn't know how to spell potassium, so I just, like, (laughs) did my best. Oh, I thought you were gonna write down, like, the, uh, like, the, the KL one from the, uh, board. Uh, From the, from the, um, periodic table. table. You said the board. Yeah, the board. No, I just wrote down (coughs) potassium. Um, the Pat's vic- ass? Great. <laughs> the victims were 12-year-old Mary Kellerman, and then Adam Janius, Stanley Janus, Theresa Janus, Mary McFarland, Paula Prince, and Mary Reiner. And product tampering is now a federal crime. Yeah. Which is like, I'm, that sounds a little dramatic, but okay. I mean to medicine. Yeah, I definitely feel like to medicine, but like, what if I just like mix up the macaroni noodles is that a federal what if i just crush a box at walmart and walk away that's product tampering (laughs) you had a federal jail (laughs) well i heard federal jail is better than real jail so it is actually my friend her her man's in jail and she keeps talking about how she can't wait for him to go to the feds so that way they treat him better like i feel like federal jail should be worse I like how we've taken a half an hour. Almost, like, yeah, half an hour in your two-page story. Yeah. We've recorded two episodes in a row. We're fucking delirious. Not to mention, fucking, there's a 20 minutes in there that's just Cody coming in. Yeah. You want to talk about um, warming up? We had an entire hour to warm up before this. Yeah. Now we're hot. <laughs> nice and hot. <laughs> I, I told my coworker today, she was getting mad doing break packs. I was like, are we keeping her cool back here? And her sister went, no, she's keeping her hot. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I guess. She was, like, mad. I don't know what she was mad about. She was mad. Okay, I know you have a really great story to tell us about Cody's cousin. Yeah. But first, I'm going to do the social media. Okay. Um, you can talk to me on Twitter at This Week in Crime. Talk to me on Instagram at This Week in Crime. Crystal pretends to be on the Instagram, but I don't think she's posted in many moons. I just looked at it. And I never, ever post. Because I, I don't like Instagram, and I'm not good at it. I'm going to call Cody while you do the social so you can come in for banter. Okay. Um, you can... Email us at thisweekincrime at gmail.com. <coughs> and you can harass Crystal for a Patreon also there. Yeah. Because um, we want that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, and I think that's... You can follow us on Tumblr at thisweekincrime.tumblr.com. And I think that's it. Come inside for banter. I'm going to talk about your cousin. Oh, and follow us on Facebook and join our group at This Week in Crime and This Week in Crime Discussion. Yeah. Cody just oh my godded me. Yes, you did. Why are you whispering? Uh, yeah, you did. Oh, no, what? No, I didn't. Um, okay. So we're done now? <coughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. with the serious part. So, so I bought Crystal a thing. And yeah. I have it. Oh, I yeah. wanted to give it to you. Oh, you got friend's stickers. I'm butthurt. You got a friend's wine glass. Stimless I did. It's my glass. favorite. 
You always wanted a stimulus wine glass. I had a stimulus wine glass. It said, bitch better or witch better have my Those candy. Yours. <laughs> so Cody got me some friend stickers, and I got his car eyelashes. Fine, give me the paper inside. I ordered it from wish.com, and it's badly translated, and I just want everybody to hear it. I'm going to read. I want to read. Oh, well, here you can read. <laughs> um, so it says, the car eyelash installation is simple. Only need to tear off stickers, paste down on headlights. After the headlight installed, a car for long curly eyelashes looks charming and clever and good out of a band box. Let the car charm doubled become full of power to ensure that the road will have high turnover rate. <laughs> I like the last sentence. It sounds like a threat. <laughs> it's okay until the end. <laughs> yeah, the whole time I was like, I don't know, Crystal, this isn't that funny. Like, it's not that bad. Because she read it to me earlier. I was like, it's fine, I guess. And she was like, ensure that the road will have a high turnover rate. I was like, that's a threat. Yeah. So you got eyelashes that you can curl up in your car. Look, I don't know how to explain this. Um. <laughs> I You're I not I j- put them on? No, I no, I'm I'm talking uh oh. I'm bantering. I'm not to explain this, but I don't want eyelashes. <laughs> After no. you explicitly said you did. No, um Okay. I wanna switch gears. I wanna talk about Cody's fucking cousin. Because he's a goddamn trip. Right? So uh, we went to take pic- Cody does pictures, does photography. Shout him out even though we don't have any followers. He has more followers even than us. Even though he doesn't shout us out. Yeah, asshole. Shout it out that artist. So fuck you. Oh, um, um no, no. Oh. Look how Cody's fucking- cousin is from the south, right? And we went to take pictures of him for for uh, senior pictures of him. And hold on, this fellow, this yeehaw boy, is not from the south. Uh, he's just from a small. He's just from Carrollton. Uh, yeah, we've said we Carrollton. Take- I've said Carrollton before. We've definitely said Carrollton. Okay. They're gonna find he's- you because you're the only one. Yeah, there's a Carrollton has a population of five. You're two. <laughs> okay. So, he is from a small town. Not southern, but small town. And more southern than and us. And he hunts a lot. Yeah, okay, he hunts, right? And so we go to take pictures of him, and that's fine. And I'm helping Cody as much as I can, which means not at all. And um, <laughs> he says, okay, that's great, but I don't... And he does, he's not down for the pictures. He's doing them for his parents. And he says, that's great. I want to get pictures with my guns. And I was like, first of all, he has a pistol on his shoulder, on his shoulder, on his uh, waist. He has a pistol on his waist, on his belt. He has, like, he like a little carry, whatever the fuck. Um, and I've never seen a gun in real life, and I was scared goddamn shitless. Yeah, she texted me, and she was like, yeah, he has, like, guns. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to... Cody done snapped, and he's just going to take her and murder her. I immediately texted her, and I was like, guns are scary. And she's like, yeah, you're right. Um, but he took one with his pistol, I think, and that's fine and all. Right? And then he went into his car and got a shotgun. And his fucking shotgun. And he, uh, he does the little thing where, like, you slide the pump down and the, the bullets come out and whatnot. And one of them hit my foot and I didn't know what to do. Um, and he was, like, southern polite about it. He's like, oh, I'm sorry like, that it's... getting shot. <laughs> he was like, I'm sorry that it touched your foot. And I was like, no, it's fine. It's all right. Um, something else happened. Oh, yeah. He said, I would have brought my AR, but I haven't put it back together yet. I don't know why an 18-year-old boy who works at a steel factory and still goes to high school he, needs an AR. He doesn't work at a steel Good, factory. Good, we're lying. He, he works... In a water plant. Good, <laughs> even <lying>. better. <laughs> yeah, he works in a water plant. Um, I don't know why he needs an AR, a shotgun, or even a pistol, for that matter. Get a fucking switchblade, and you'll be just as defended. Just get some fucking pepper spray. Holy shit. Um, yeah. yeah. What what got I don't me care. was I, I told him about that that you had never seen a gun before, 
And he's like, oh yeah, I kind of forget that people from the city like just don't see guns regularly. From the city? Uh, yeah. This is not the city. Cody he, he, I live in the city. He Cody also, thinks we live in the heart of Cincinnati. He also called you guys Buckeyes as well, which was very funny. That's because y'all are fucking racist. Yes, like, I'm sorry that you guys live in the fucking boondocks. Um, what, what, I'm gonna take a step back real quick. Uh, I love, I love hearing you describe... Your cousin? No, describe... Guns? How you think a gun works? Uh, the what? The police. I think you said police. The pump. The pump. Yeah. The pump. Yeah, yeah. Pump. A a it's a pump action shotgun. Is it not called a pump? Yeah. Um. But it knocked out. <laughs> it didn't knock out a bullet. It knocked out a, a shell. It's just a big thing because bullets are not bullets are not shells. Shells are very different. Okay. Than listen. They both come out of a gun and go boom. <laughs> listen. All I know is that Crystal said he just keeps aiming it at things, and I know. It's yeah, not he loaded. fake aimed it. <laughs> okay, but after I was he aiming it. it at you. No, he was aiming it at the tree. <laughs> okay, because I was, I was, like, I was like, that's the worst gun safety. I got legitimately angry because I was like, that's bad gun safety, and this fucking hick is gonna shoot her. No, I'll I'll be fair. He knows. <laughs> He he was handling it well. He obviously made sure that he emptied it before he got it near us. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. That was scary as well. Yeah, yeah, he, that's the most. He obviously he had a strap on the shotgun and he wrapped it around his shoulder and it, it was pointed in the air the entire time. He never once pointed it at the ground or near us in any capacity. He uses the shotgun to go duck hunting and it says, "Let me see your honkers on the Show barrel." Me your honkers, Show yeah. me your honkers on the that the barrel. Can I call it the barrel? It's on the barrel. <laughs> it's the barrel. Yes. But well, also, here, he was talking about, like, all oh, my ducks. <laughs> he was like, oh, ducks are so cute. And then he pulled out a duck feather from his car that he just sticks in the roof of his car of ones that he hunted. And I was like, you don't get to call them cute and then hunt them. That's some serial killer shit show for real. What, show, him what he look, show her what he looks like. That's not what I was picturing. He almost looks Asian. <laughs> <laughs> show her the one with the shotgun. Yeah, I don't fuck with that. He reminds me of Jacob. Uh, fucking, what the fuck? What did I call him? Flag boy. He reminds me of, did you know that flag boy works at Walmart now? No. Yes, and he posts, he's so active in the Walmart subreddit. <laughs> yeah, because Walmart loves China. And he complains about it so much. And he's always like, I just want to shoot everybody with my guns. And I'm like, this is a, f I have an actually wild story to tell you guys. Okay, so there was this lady at work. And I, th I might have told you this, but I think I only told Tristy. This lady at work, and she was sitting at the bar this morning, and she was, like, doodling in her notebook, right? And she had, like, all these, like, different name cards spread out, but they were, like, doodled on, like, notebook paper. And, like, G2 blue pen and pencil. <coughs> and so I Have was... Have you used your scented pen at work? Yes. And how is it? I, none of them smell. <laughs> yeah. But I, I get compliments on it all the time. Um, but she was just, like, doodling. And I was like, hey, like, has anybody taken care of you yet? And she was like, oh, honey, I'm not going to get anything. I just, my car broke down, and I'm waiting on my boy, on my brother or my husband's brother to get here, but just you know how men are sometimes. And he's driving me crazy, so I just had to walk over here to be away from him. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were talking, and she was like, oh, like, it didn't really break down. It's just out of gas, and we don't have any money on us, so he has to bring us some gas, right? And she was like, I, no, nobody will answer their phone. And, like, she's, like, clearly stressed out about it. But she, like, wasn't asking me for money. She was just, like, hanging out. But, like, it was, like, not, like, she wasn't asking me for money. And I was, like, well, do you have, like, a red gas tank? And she was, like, yeah. And I was, like, well, here, how about I give you, like, $5 and you just go next door and get yourself some gas and get yourself home, mm -hmm. you know? And I didn't think it was that big of a deal because it was literally just $5. Yeah. And she was nice to me. <laughs> and you know what? I'll give $5 to you if you're nice to me. I'm very easy. Yeah. Like, if homeless people just say hi to me, I'm, like, here you go. <laughs> That's why I'm always broke. But so I ended up giving her $10. 
just because that's what I had in my wallet. And I was at work, so, like, it wasn't like I wasn't going to make any more money. Yeah. So I gave her 10 bucks, and she was like, well, here, I do these, like, doodles. Do you want me to do one for you? And I was like, sure, that would be fantastic. But somehow this devolved into, like, a business deal where she was like, I'll, if you like it and you show somebody else and they like it, I'll knock 10 cents off their thing or whatever. And they're like, for, like, a dollar. And, like, it's cute, but it's definitely something that, like, I did in high school when I was born in class. Yeah. So, like, I wouldn't pay money for it. But, like, whatever, and she was gave me her phone number, and she was like, call me on Thursday and see how it's going, and I'm not fucking calling her. <laughs> you don't want to get her a doodle for our logo? But I also uh, gave her my work's phone number so she could call up and see if I was there to come bring it to me. So, like, we'll see how that turns out. But she was really nice. And, but when she, like, she was about to leave, and I had to potty. And I was like, hey, like, it was great meeting you. Like, I hope you get your car figured out. I'm going to go check on my table, and I'm going to go potty. So I checked on my table and I went potty and when I left she had left me like this little <coughs> note which I put in my server book because it was so sweet. And she was like, God bless you, you're so sweet, like please check up on me, I really want to do this for you, da 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 da. But then one of the other servers had doodled a note on a piece of paper that just said sucker and put it under it. So I like, it really broke my heart, I was like, oh, oh. And Jim was like, are you going to cry? And I was like, no, well that was just like was really mean that she like totally scammed me. And she was like, I wrote that note, like please don't cry. <laughs> I was like, oh, but, like, I don't know. She was just really nice. And my next table tipped me $10. So it's not like I was, like, didn't make my money back. Yeah. I was fine. And it was a two-top. It's <laughs> so like, I was fine. But I was looked at her, and I was like, see, this is why you can't be a cynical asshole all the time. And she was like, are you really telling me not to be a cynical asshole? On that note, I'm going to end it, because this episode is an hour and 24 minutes long, and that's a lot to edit. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Bye. Bye. You want to say bye? Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>